Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Live from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, the Total Education Show, the talk shop for teachers, parents, and administrators. Here's your host of the show, Neil Haley, the Total Tutor. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Total Celebrity Show. I'm Show Neil Haley. Hey, uh, Philippe. Uh, you can check out my website at TotalTutor.net for more information. Twitter, TotalTutor, Neil S. Haley, Facebook. LinkedIn, Neil Haley. Instagram, TotalTutor. Pinterest, Neil Haley, Plus, and also on Periscope at TotalTutor. And I'm honored to have on the program to talk to discuss the World Water Monitoring Challenge and Earth Day, Philippe Cousteau. Philippe, thanks for calling, and how are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic, Philippe, and uh, to think about what you're doing by uh, continuing your grandfather's legacy must be a, a tremendous honor for you, isn't it, to continue to carry that baton? Yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, every single day I'm, I'm grateful. Uh, grateful and to know that, you, that, that this mission that he started, you continue for sure, absolutely. So tell me a little bit about this uh, World Water uh, monitoring challenge and stuff, and how we're calling uh, people to this challenge. Well, you know, it's no uh, certainly the the issue of water is is I'm sure no uh, no mystery to people every day that uh, read it in the newspapers and in, in the headlines. The world water crisis is something that uh, that's very very um, prevalent right now in the news. And so, as an organization, Earth Echo International, that I founded, as you said, in in honor of my my grandfather and my father's legacy. We're always looking for ways to help people, you know, take action in, in their communities, in their daily lives, to do something about these kinds of environmental problems. And with Earth Day coming up, um, we're really excited about a program, as you said, the World Water Monitoring Challenge. That's a simple, um, simple program where people are able to go into their local communities and uh, test the quality of water in uh, in their surroundings and in their uh, neighborhoods and report that water. And you know the the. The, the real issue here for us is, is we want to find easy ways for people to take action. And, um, you know, water is one of those things. A lot of people think it's, you know, think of water, they think of what comes out of their tap. But it's a much bigger story than that. And uh, as we've seen particularly in, uh, in headlines around, uh, around the, the country lately, particularly in Michigan, et cetera, you know, water is something we can't take for granted. Yes, and testing it. And what we saw the concerns from Michigan. That's really, Philippe, where... Oh my gosh, now it makes us nervous. But I remember when we were looking to purchase one of our homes, we found out that it was a lead pipe coming into the, our, 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 our house. We said, okay, we want out of the house as quick as possible. We didn't know about this. So testing our water is such an important part of this, especially whatever community we live in. Is that correct? Well, it is really important. And particularly, you know, what, what we try and connect people to is, is the water around them and, and you know, not just water in your home, but water in your community, in your watershed, okay. so to speak, um, because that's where a lot of these problems start from. For example, it was, you know, water uh, going through those lead pipes in Flint, Michigan. It was from the river that was so corrosive uh, that was causing these types of problems. So oftentimes these challenges start out in, uh, in our communities, out in our watersheds, and the World Water Monitoring Challenge is a really easy way for people to go out. 
uh, with their families. You know, we people participate from 120 different countries. Uh, we have people all over the country, thanks to our sponsors, uh, that get free kits and kids that go out and, and test the water and then upload that online. And we're building a global database, really understanding water quality around the world so that we can then make better decisions. And, and especially, you know, it's really relevant to this political season, demand that our politicians do a better job of delivering us good, high-quality, healthy, safe water. Exactly. And so what can show up when we do this test? Like what, what kind of things can we expect once we test the water uh, and all that? What, what types of things should we be looking out for? You said lead's definitely one of them, which you talked about in Flint. Well, the, you know, the great, pro- the great thing about this program is it's really about citizen science. You know, the, the first step for us is getting people outdoors, even asking the question, where does my water come from? That's, right. uh, that's really, really important. A lot of people don't even know. So that's one of the great outcomes of this program uh, is that people can get outdoors, um, which is always a good thing, uh, oftentimes with their family, um, with community groups who work with Boy Scouts and Boys and Girls Clubs and schools, et cetera, religious uh, community organizations. And they first get outdoors and understand where their water comes from. That's first and foremost. And then with a simple kit, they are able to test basic parameters of the quality of that water. And if those parameters are off in any way, that's a really good indication that something's wrong. Uh, And then we provide a lot of resources that help you say, okay, now we have an understanding of the baseline. Now what can we do about it? Is there, uh, you know, is there pollution issues in our community? Are there, you know, political issues that we should be thinking about? Uh, What is something that we can actually specifically do to solve the problem? And it's different in every community. Um, but, But the first step is knowing what's going on. That's, you know, knowledge is power. And we're really always encouraging people to recognize that, you know, we can't trust that it's just going to be okay. Again, as we found out in Flint, you can't just assume that the government, state or federal, is going to fix it for you. We need to be informed and we need to take action. And water is key to our health. And I can't think of anything more important yeah. than, uh, than our health and the health of our kids. And, and that's so true. And uh, because you think about this, Philippe, you get people involved at a young age, especially when I was going to definitely send this uh, link out uh, from the, the interview, our interview, to my teachers, the teachers of my one daughter's school and the other school, because especially coming into Earth Day, young kids need to identify this, to understand this, that the importance of understanding how important water is in their community. And by doing it early, then they become more and more scientists, and they don't take it for granted. Yep. Exactly. Well, and that's really the goal at Earth Echo. And again, you know, my grandfather always told me the power, you know, drilled it in my head. You know, we need to focus on young people. They're the key to changing the world um, growing up, and, and that's really why we started Earth Echo, and that's why we do all the work that we do. You know, I, I have a television program that's syndicated on Fox every week called Awesome Planet, and that's all about exploring the world, and that's really targeted towards families, and we have, um, you know, a special coming out for Shark Week at the end of June called Nuclear Sharks. Um, that's really helping people understand the science behind sharks and how they work and why they're important and not scary monsters. And so, you know, in everything that we do, we're really looking at how we focus on young people, how we help um, empower them. We just had a new children's book, Follow the Moon Home, a book I wrote came out last week. So, you know, there's a lot of different things, and and all of our focus is is really about empowering people to be informed, um, to go out and get engaged and be part of the solution. And, you know, it's exciting. You know, there's a lot of bad news in the world today. You know, we hear it all the time on the headlines. And and our message is there's hope, and uh, if we all take action, you know, we can turn it around. And it's not too late. It's not all doom and gloom. And I think that's an important message, particularly for Earth Day. 
I think so, too. You're right. And that so many people are now recognizing the fact we need to protect our environment, recognizing the fact that water is such a valuable resource and that some areas don't even have water. And by us, uh, you know, conserving it and making sure we let other people know the importance, that's the key thing. So once we test it, we share it, and then we protect. But where can we go so we can be part of this world water monitoring challenge and stuff? Where's the best place we can go, Philippe? Well, you know, the, the monitorwater.org is the, the main website for that program, and it's a, it's a great space where people can go and learn more information and participate. Again, it's great for families, great for after-school programs, for schools. Um, we, uh, you know, we work, as I said, in 120 different countries, millions of people around the world every year, and uh, it's just a terrific program we're really excited about. Awesome. And best place to follow you, where can we find information on you, Philippe? Where's, where's the best place to go? Uh, you know, P. Cousteau, Twitter or Instagram, um, just uh, is probably the best way. I'm always posting photos. We were just diving with a 12-foot great white, uh, or not great, uh, great hammerhead sharks last week in the Bahamas for Awesome Planet for my show. And uh, so we're posting some fun photos of that and some other things we're doing with Lemaire and Discovery Channel and, and a few other groups. So we're always have, having new fun things we're posting. So P. Cousteau is the best way to follow along with, uh, with the things that I'm doing. You have a lot of projects and busy stuff, but you're doing a great job, and you're definitely uh, helping out that legacy of your grandfather and continue to inform people and 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 and, uh, and educate people. So thanks for calling, Philippe, and best of luck. I'm grateful. Thanks for having me. Man. Take care. See ya. All right. Bye bye. Take care. You're listening to the Total Celebrity Show, and we'll be back in just a moment. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Total Celebrity Show. You can check me out on Twitter at Total Titter, Neil S. Haley, Facebook. LinkedIn, Neil Haley, Instagram, Total Tutor, Pinterest, Neil Haley, and also Google+. Plus. And I'm excited to welcome the program celebrity Emily Rose from Haven on Sci-Fi. Emily, thanks for calling, and how are you? Hi, I'm good. How are you doing? Fantastic, Emily. Uh, again, uh, I'm excited again. The final season will be on uh, DVD Blu-ray uh, on April 19th, and Amazing how the show has gone for five seasons. You, you've got to be really excited about the success of the show. Yeah, we are definitely really, you know, you never know when you get a show how long it's going to exist for. And we just had some really amazing fans and a really amazing experience. And together it equaled, you know, a, a long-lived season of seasons and seasons of, of this little town called Haven. So we're we're pretty jazzed. Well, I think you got to be that, – that's the cool thing is, you know, you're working. And five seasons, a lot of actresses can't say or actors can't say, you know what, I've gotten the opportunity to be on a show for that long a period of time. It just doesn't happen. And a successful show. Yeah. So that just really makes life easier for you. They say, you know, I'm going to work every year, you know. And then the, yeah, rest of the other gigs, they come around, but you at least know you have work and, 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 and have great yeah, fans. really nice. Well, the cool thing about Haven that was always a great little surprise was, you know, all of the different characters that I got to play. You know, some some actors end up playing this one character, but it's been really cool because, you know, I got to play a lot of different, a lot of different women in one little show, which was a pleasant surprise. Interesting. So, kind of explain that to us again. Uh, I was uh, doing some read up on this, and it involves uh, based on a Stephen. Uh, Stephen King's uh, novella, The Colorado Kid, is the basis of the show. And mm-hmm. stuff. So tell us for audience that have not seen it yet. I haven't, and I'm definitely going to check it out for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, you know, based around in this really small town where all these kind of weird things happen. Of course, that's, you know, 
Stephen King for you. Um, but I play a, a lady named uh, Audrey Parker, and she kind of goes there thinking that she might be able to find her mother. And in actuality, she finds out that it's not like relatives that she's seeing. Is she finds out that they're herself, you know, many years ago. So it's a challenge to end up having to come up with different characters that are kind of the same version of a uh, or different version of the same person. And um, yeah, as she gets there in this small town, she realizes that there's this town is full of people that has, you know, things happening to them that have existed in their families years and years and years before. So it's, it's kind of interesting like that. Yeah. So, so basically what you're doing is learning a lot of different character acting from being on the show for five years, right? How you play different <laughs> well, yeah. personas and thought process. Yeah. 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 It was, it was really neat. And then this final season too, you know, there's even a, a show off between those two characters. So we get to play against myself, which was really neat too, but we have some really incredible, you know, other actors in the cast, Lucas Bryant and Eric Balfour and um, Adam Copeland, um, Richard Donut and John John Dunsworth and it's a really cool ensemble opportunity and was really really neat to like live in cold Nova Scotia for so long and <laughs> develop this fun little family and you know we lived on location in a small town that was pretty much like Haven in and of itself which was a really neat thing for my family and we never thought you know that we would ever be able to do that so it was a really treat really cool treat you know in your life to have absolutely and, and for the final season and for that and then especially the fans to pick up the dvd that's an important thing blu-ray right so that they can relive yes. the whole season and, and all the different things of the show well it's always neat i mean the other day when i was brushing up for these you know interviews and things i was just going back and looking over some of the footage and looking over some of the interviews and it's always just it's all, it's they're really well done and it's really neat to see the show from a different angle. You know that's why you get DVD because of all of the behind the scene footage and to be able to kind of watch all those things on demand. But to to look at how things were made and um, we were really in a very unique location and under a very unique set of circumstances up there and you can see us all having a lot of fun and and get to hear all the little stories behind how everything was made and that's always fun. I always enjoy that. So. Yeah, so those cool bonus features that are involved and things like that. One of your castmates, I uh, wrestled with him and all, as a professional wrestler and uh, and uh, and Christian back in the day before they went to the they, they signed okay. with the WWE. Christian's on the show yeah. too. That's really fun. Yeah, yeah. 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 So they, uh, I didn't see that. I just spotted that right there. So two of them. That's interesting. Two great guys. Uh, I did a tour in Canada. And, and worked with them, and before they got signed with WWE, they were about to be signed and stuff. So I just wanted to bring that up. So I was a well, minor league pro wrestler. Like, that's awesome. Adam was Adam came to us. Um, I think his. I mean, he came to us on his retiring year, and knew he was going to be transitioning out. And it was uh, nobody, I think, planned on the fact that he was going to be a permanent part of the show. We knew he would be around, but he did such an amazing job that it became very clear that we needed a, he plays the character of Dwight. And, you know, so to, it was funny because we, I didn't know Adam in that way. I've only known Adam as, as, you know, my fellow classmate, like you were saying, but then when I opened up and looked, <laughs> when I looked up, I just, how 
amazing his wrestling career was. And then to get to, oh, yeah. friend, to see that side of him, it was incredible. And then to get to have Christian on too, was really cool. So um, it's a fun, it's a fun season and fans really love to see them together in a different, in a different arena, I should say. In, in different arena. And it, did you have to help them a little bit in the process of acting or being pro wrestlers? It just comes second nature to them. Would you say in a lot of ways? You know, I worked with, yeah. I, yeah. I mean, Adam talks a lot about that transition and he talks about the fact that for him, he was just more concerned about how to, how to tone things down and make it for a, you know, for a television set instead of having to do, you know, the arena sort of work as well. But he was so good at, he's really good at what he does and he's a really great actor. And so it was really a pleasure getting to work with him. And on top of that, he's just a great guy. You know, all of us, when you say, like you were saying, like to work together for five years, a lot happens in five years. You, you meet people and you become family with them. And at the same time, you're growing your own family. So we're all really close and it's, you know, you miss each other. And, uh, but it's really neat because, you know, just the other day I was even texting with them because they're, you know, Adam's expecting a second kiddo and it's just neat to always be checking in. We've made like, we've made lifelong friends because of this experience. And it's it's fun to be able to pop in a DVD and watch that. So the fans need to check it out for sure. Uh, where's the best place they can find information so that they can purchase the DVD and learn more about you, Emily? First, let's go with learning about more about you and them, where they can purchase the DVD. Um, I believe you can purchase the DVD on Amazon. There's my son in the background. <laughs> you can purchase the DVD on uh, Amazon, or um, it's gonna it's in stores. I think it just came out. So um, yeah, check them, check it out on both of those, in both of those places. And where can we follow you, Emily? Oh, you can follow me at Emily Rose LA on Twitter, and it's on Instagram. The same thing at Emily Rose LA. All of my lovely work and life updates are there. <laughs> well, best of luck, and you never thought you'd get on the phone with somebody that knew uh, knew uh, Christian and Edge. Uh, I know uh, Christian no. because I worked <laughs> with all the worked the whole tour with Christian, and worked with him in a lot of different oh. things. Only worked the Battle Royal with him, but. Two fantastic guys, uh, and uh, it's it's interesting that how we all transition our lives to different things for sure. I know that's awesome. They're Christians, incredible as well, and that's so cool that you've worked with them before. You should you should definitely check it out if you get a chance because to watch the two of them together and to watch, you know, where they went after that is really is really cool. And I think they've got a show coming out too. The two of them have a show coming out soon too. So. Oh, cool! Very uh, nice. That's great. Well. Well, yeah. best of luck, Emily. I'm going to follow you on Twitter. We'll stay uh, stay in touch and 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 good luck with all the ventures in your in your acting acting career. So take care. Thank you so much. Have a good day. Take care, Emily. Bye bye. You're listening to the Total Celebrity Show, and we'll be back in just a moment. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Total Celebrity Show. I'm the host of the show, Neil Haley. You can check me out on Twitter at Total Tutor, Neil S. Haley Facebook, LinkedIn, Neil Haley Instagram, Total Tutor, Pinterest, Neil Haley, and Google Plus, also on Periscope at Total Tutor. <laughs> And I wanted to see if we do have Owen on the line. Hello, oh, Owen. Are you on the line? Hi. Hi, Owen. Oh, so we're excited to welcome the program celebrity from Mother's Day, Owen Wild Vaccaro. Owen, thanks. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? Fantastic. Thanks for being on the show. Excited to talk with you. I tell you, in your short career in acting, you, you must be amazed of what you've been able to accomplish already, aren't you? 
Yeah, it's been really fun. Uh, fun, fun opportunities and something that you just never knew. Growing up, did you always want to be an actor? Well, I I didn't really know about acting until first grade. We were trying everything from lacrosse to gymnastics to baseball. We tried everything, you name it. But eventually, sure, she said, Hey, you guys should really try out this thing, these things called MZ Stageworks. It's it's a theater group, and so right now we're doing the play High School Musical. I play Ryan, and it's super fun. Cool, uh, awesome. And so from the, that that spark, so you didn't think, uh, what was your biggest break in acting? What was it? Was it? Was it what, 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 when did you? How did your big break come? Tell us about that. Daddy's home. Oh, Daddy's Home. Yeah, Daddy's Home. And so uh, tell us about that audition process. What was that what was that like? So first our um agent, Barbara, she sent us an audition for Daddy's Home. And so we did the audition. I never thought I was gonna get it, but so then we did the taping. So they gave us a callback. So we did the callback. I guess they liked us again. And so we were super close to getting it. It was the table read. That means, like, you're 99% there. We figured that out on Halloween, but we didn't know if we were going to get it because we were new to the business then. Okay. And so we were super excited because we thought I got it. And then they, when we were at the table read, they started, like, measuring me. So I, I really thought I had it then. And then, like, every day at school, I'd say, have they called you back yet? And then it's been, like, a week and a half. And so I was, like, really scared. And we were like, you know, let's just not talk about it. And then in, like, two weeks, they just said, you got the role of Dylan. And I was so happy. I was, like, I was so happy. I was just the happiest person on earth that day. And how old were you when you were shooting Daddy's Home, when you were filming Daddy's Home? How old were you? I was, I started when I, I started filming when I was eight, and I ended when I was nine. Now I'm ten. Oh, Wow. And in that experience, especially being on set with such amazing people that I think you know who they were, especially Will Ferrell and Mark Wahlberg, is a pretty amazing thing, isn't it? Yeah. They're all really nice, though. They're really nice. Is Will Ferrell really funny on set? He's funny on set and in between gates all the time. All the time. Makes you laugh all the time, right? Yeah. Even when he's not trying, I think he just, like, somehow brings up these funny things, and they're funny. You know? <laughs> well, you can just tell. He just, this is something he loves to do. It's, 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 it's yeah, acting and, and comedy. It's just it's just him, for sure. Me. And um, I also, I saw his movie Elf, so I knew, like, like exactly who he was before I did Daddy's Home. So I watched Elf like 50 times, and I think that's the greatest movie ever. I love that movie. Oh, it was so funny. My Every Christmas, my kids watch it. I have five kids of my own, uh, and they just watch it, and they laugh, laugh, laugh. And they said, and then when they see them in other movies, they're like, mm-hmm. that's Elf. What's he doing in another movie? Or, you know, when he comes on, you know, <laughs> The Tonight Show or certain things like that, uh, for sure. All right, so in the experience, who do you think you'll learn the most from in the experience of filming Daddy's Home, which 
uh, actor really took you under his or her wing to teach you some of the stuff, especially for your first breakout performance? Oh, that's your coach. She's asking you which actor taught you the most. Um, yeah. That's really hard. Probably Sean or Dave. Hmm. Dave Van Gogh, Sean, or An- Sean Andrews or Dave Van Gogh. Oh, cool. Really, really cool. And uh, in, that, in that experience, as you said, doing that, were you nervous at times, especially filming and stuff, and saying, oh, am I going to mess up my lines, or what am I going to do, and things like that? through that process? So the good thing about movies in addition, like, verse theater, movies you have, you can make as many takes as you want. Theater, you only have, like, one or two chances. And we're always changing the line, so I think theater is a lot more scary. Movies, I'm not nearly as nervous because I know that I can always do another take if I mess something up. Absolutely. So after uh, the experience of Daddy's Home, Wow, right off the bat, another film, Mother's Day. Tell us a little bit about your character in Mother's Day. In Mother's Day, I'm a little boy. His name is Charlie, and he's a six-year-old, and he has two lesbian moms, Sarah Chalky and Cameron Esposito. Smart. Cool. So, so you're playing a six-year-old. So uh, is that interesting to play someone younger, especially at probably the same thing when you were in daddy's home, but is that, is, you, you kind of think back to what you were thinking when you were six? It's it's one of the good things about being small. You can try out for younger parts, and like, even when you're an older age, so it's a lot easier with the lines. So definitely an interesting cast to work with as, as well. Did you know of uh, Jennifer Aniston or Kate Hudson before filming this, meaning like seeing them in other things? No, not really. Not really. Well, here's the funny thing, Ellen. I interviewed, I interviewed, she was on the cover of People Magazine this week, and I interviewed the, the editor of People Magazine this week about People's Most Beautiful. So I'm like, oh, wow, we're promoting Jennifer Aniston's film, and we're, provo- we're promoting her uh, magazine in one week. So pretty interesting story for myself <laughs> as well. What did you get? get out of the experience of Mother's Day? What was the most fun filming that, like, uh, different experiences? Do you have, like, a favorite part of that experience? Um, well, one of my favorite scenes in the movie, prop no, is my favorite scene, but my favorite day, because we did two scenes in that day. I liked the one where I got to jump down the water slide and pet all the animals. So that was at one birthday party in the movie. And that was super fun. I got to see a llama, an alpaca, turtle, bunnies, ducks. And then we got to go down the humongous water slide. And my mom was all worried because um, we were jumping down. And she was scared we weren't going to, like, fall off. And then, yeah. But it was fun. Oh, very interesting. And also you have something else you're promoting right now as well, Owen. Am I correct? that you're helping out, especially yes. for this month of April. Is that correct? Yes. It is, if you go on Musical.ly, it's an app like kind of like Dub Smash, and you have like an account with like Instagram and Dub Smash in one, it's Musical.ly, and you have like an account and you make these things. So you can use the hashtag We Stand Together to the song Stand By You, and it'll help travel these for a bunch of months. 
Very interesting. We're my uh, to... daughter's. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Sorry. Ellen. You can go. We're trying to get people to make lipsticks. We're trying to get people to make lipsticks, basically. Yeah, it, that's great. And I'll get my daughter, who's big on that musically as well. Do you enjoy going on musically? Owen, is it something you like yeah. to do? Yeah. She will promote her. Um, if she tags me, we'll promote her. Oh really? Okay, fantastic. I'll have to I'll have to tell her that. She'll be so excited. She's she's a budding person in certain ways. Oh, and I used to be a former professional wrestler, so my daughter I think is trying to take after me yeah. in, in in the uh, whole thing. You know what I'm saying, Owen? So it's exciting. Oh. Yeah, we'll definitely do that for sure. Where's the best place we can find information on you, Owen? I know April 29th the film debuts Mother's Day, but where can we find information on you and learn more about you? Where can we go? You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at just Owen Vaccaro, no spaces, O-W-E-N-V-A-C-C-A-R-O. Awesome. Awesome. And uh, anything else new to report for us, or we just got to make sure we definitely go on, uh, have people go on Musical.ly and hashtag we stand together and, uh, and, and go ahead and see the film on 829th, right? Mother's Day. Is that the big, anything else to report to us? Nope. Thank you so much, Neil. Oh, and you were the best. Thanks for calling, and uh, and thank you for taking the time to come on this, the show, and best of luck uh, with the film and your career. Thanks for calling. Thank you. Bye. Take care. Bye-bye. You're listening to the Total Celebrity Show. We'll be back in just a moment. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Total Celebrity Show. You can check me out on Twitter, at Total Neil S. Haley, Facebook, LinkedIn, Neil Haley, Instagram, Total Tutor, Pinterest, Neil Haley, and Google Plus, and also on Periscope, at Total Tutor. And I'm excited to discuss this series. I am not a survivalist to save my life. You put me out in the woods, I would, I would be destroyed. I can handle myself being 6'10", at over 300 pounds, but I'm excited to welcome forward from somebody that can teach me how to survive, and what he's gone through during this series. So I'm excited to welcome the program survivalist Lucas Miller of History's award-winning hit show Survival Series Alone. Lucas, thanks for calling. How are you? I'm, I'm great this morning. How about you, Neil? Fantastic, Lucas. So how did you become a survivalist? How did you figure out how to survive in the wilderness? When did, when did that come into play in your life? Yeah. Um, well, I think I think it's funny because when you're out alone, you, you draw upon every little experience that you've ever had, you know, in, in in an outdoor situation. So I guess I could say it started when I was young. My dad would take me out and we would go uh, mushroom hunt, hunting and find wild edible plants, things like that. He was kind of an outdoorsy guy, but I really got into it when I moved west to Colorado and I spent some time being uh, an outdoor educator. And, and then I was taking kids backpacking, and I thought to myself one day, you know, what if we didn't have all this stuff in the backpack? How would I, how would I get through this situation? Would I be able to start a fire? Would I be able to provide for these, this group of people I'm taking out? And, uh, and then that was the rabbit hole. So I started buying books and started researching teachers, and that was probably back in 2002. So I've been at it for about almost 14 years now, um, taking classes, probably doing this sort of stuff pretty hardcore since then. And Lucas, we've seen a lot of shows crop up about surviving with nothing, right? From the days of Survivor, the the reality show, to real, real extreme shows on television today. 
Where would you say you put yourself in as a survival type of person? Did you watch a lot of those different things through also training to kind of prepare for this event, for this uh, this show in a lot of ways? <laughs> you know, it's funny. I actually, um, when that was all going on, my family would. I'm kind of the black sheep. Uh, they they all took took um, took normal jobs and things like that, and I was out living in the woods you know, hunting deer with a bow and arrow, living in a, t- a tiny cabin. So I didn't even have a TV, and my folks would say, hey, have you seen the show? And I said, no, I haven't. <laughs> so I wouldn't say that I, I've watched a lot of these shows. And to be honest, Neil, a lot of these shows don't interest me. I definitely know who, like, Bear Grylls is and Les Stroud and these people. Um, I respect a lot of Les's work. He's done some really great stuff. Um, you know, but for me, this show... I, when they called me up and asked me to do the show, I couldn't believe what they were saying because it was a completely new format. They were asking people who didn't have TV experience, trusting them oh, wow. after training, of course, but to go out into the woods with just cameras and to experience and to basically share their experience themselves. There's no, there's no camera crew. There's no TV producers around. So it, to me, it was like, wait a minute, you guys aren't going to, like, try to steal my food and make some sort of fake situation up. And they're like, no, no. And I'm like, so you're not going to tell me to say anything in particular? No, no. And uh, so that's what appealed to me. It was unproduced, totally just me being me. And that's great, Lucas, because them really learning from you. And history is showing that, that they're going to teach people how to survive in the wilderness and not put these out-of-bounds extreme circumstances. And it's a competition. So all of those things are out right. there just to stay alive. So you're not getting any help out there, right. Lucas, right? The producers aren't saying, okay, let's make sure today Lucas loses something or something. That doesn't happen. This is not no, like it's def- other it's definitely not that. We we basically had zero to minimal contact with these people. They did, however, come out like once a week or so just to pick up our video cards to make sure that we were still filming because they on their end have to make sure. But they weren't. They basically came out, grabbed our cards, and took off. There's no kumbaya. So it definitely didn't break that stride of being alone. And we really are, you know, alone. It's the the things that you we learn in the on these types of shows are a lot of times hard skills. Like here's how you start a fire, um, here's how you build a shelter, and that's definitely right. see that inherent inherently on the show. But what you really the overwhelming message of this show is how hard psychologically it is to survive without community. You know we have huge infrastructures built here, with trade networks. And jobs, there's a reason to exist, but when you're completely isolated, I mean, the I can't mental imagine. fortitude is like you have it's it's something you can't really prepare for, Neil. It's hard. Like how do you how do you get good <laughs> at willpower living like driving yourself when you're completely alone and you're not supported? It's it's fascinating to see what pushes people along and what causes people to break. Well, I'm going to root for you now, and I'm going to definitely catch up on this show. I have thousands of shows since I've been uh, doing uh, interviews with all these promoting newest shows on my radio network, and I'm like, I'm going to to definitely root for you for sure, Lucas. And the thing that I think that makes this interesting is, so you're telling me you were pretty trained as a survivalist. Some of these other people on the show aren't. Are they? You said they just well, got trained. Well, some, no, some no, I think we were, we were all trained survivalists, but in different facets. You know, some people were strong in hunting and fishing and kind of being an outdoorsman. Okay. Some people are trained specifically in survivalist like kind of things. Some people are trained in a back-to-land homesteading sort of skills. So this whole, like, wilderness 
living survival skills kind of has different um, different faces to the dice, so to speak. There's different kind of aspects to it. And some people were kind of more military survivalists, which is a very different mentality than a a bushcraft or a yeah, or like a hiking guide sort of mentality. Um, and this this is the second season of Alone. It's coming up this Thursday. It's on uh, on History at nine nine p.m. Nine p.m. Eastern. Eastern yeah. I was on season one, and Alone two is coming up, and uh, it's a whole new season. Oh wow! So you on uh, the um, on Alone one? Are are you in Alone two as well? Yes. Or no, I'm not because uh, not. because okay. Alone two hasn't aired yet. A lot of people aren't familiar with who's on the show, so I'm helping promote. Um, just the season of two, so I'm I got gotcha. you. So they got, they got three women on the show this time, so it's a different, a whole different take. Gotcha. So in season one, what would you say was the biggest part of that that experience? The kind of wow, wow factor of being in this. What was the, the just there? What you learn the most from it? What'd yeah. You um, you know, you know, there's a. The person who won the show, his name's Alan Kay, and he's an amazing man. Uh, got to create a, a really good friendship with him, and he says something along the lines of, "You know, if you're in the woods alone, you've got to learn to like yourself." And I think that's really a big takeaway: is you've got to got to learn not only how to like yourself, or I hope you do, you know, but you get to kind of experience this inner terrain of who you are. Not to get all like woo or psychological, but it's like you really have to look at parts of yourself and those parts of yourself I think take some of the people out in the show because they don't know how to deal with their their inner shadow and at the same time you have to find your own little your things inside you that drive you what what's your guiding lights too um it's really a fascinating show you can go deep into your mind and you'll see people doing that you know if you watch alone one you'll see people struggling they might be building a shelter but actually they have some story playing out in their head where it's keeping them from, you know, proceeding, or it's some story that's helping them proceed. So I think that is probably the big takeaway is um, how powerful um, our ambition and our mind can be, both on the positive and negative. Because this competition, you're alone. That's the difference, and that's the big thing. So uh, fantastic, Lucas. Is there a place we can follow you on Twitter, different things like, again, April 21st, 9 p.m. Eastern? Uh, the second season of Alone, but uh, for you, uh, we're any place we can follow you and find you. Yeah, you can find me on Facebook and Lucas Miller Alone. You can also follow me on Twitter, um, and you can look up Lucas Miller Alone too, as well. All right, Lucas. Uh, best of luck. Thanks for calling, and uh, I appreciate learning about how you survived in season one and how everyone needs to tune in for season two. Thanks for calling, Lucas. Absolutely. You bet. Take care. Take care. Bye. Okay, bye. You're listening to the Total Celebrity Show, and we'll be back in just a moment. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Total Celebrity Show. You can check me out on Twitter, at Total Twitter, Neil S. Haley, Facebook, LinkedIn, Neil Haley, Instagram, Total Twitter, Pinterest, Neil Haley, Google Plus, and also on Periscope, at Total Twitter. And, oh, my, I'm excited to talk to her today. She can announce this for me. Uh, so I'm excited to welcome the program, uh, the chief, I mean, the uh, staff editor of People Magazine, Antoinette Colton. You're going to talk about people's world most beautiful 2016. How are you, Antoinette? Hi, good morning. I'm fine, thanks. How are you? Fantastic, fantastic. And uh, I'm sure this always makes you excited when you get to announce uh, these uh, covers, the ones that everyone talks about every year. Don't you agree? It's just like something Yeah, I mean, it's a lot, a lot of fun. Yeah. I mean, all of us, you know, at the magazine, we put a lot of work into this, and it's kind of great when it's... You know, it's the end of it, and we're able to let everybody know what we've been working on. 
All right, so the big announcement again, who's on the cover of the world's most beautiful woman 2016? Who is it? It's Jennifer Aniston. Wow, and 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 so that's got to make first of all Jennifer very happy about this, especially. Uh, and and tell us what went into choosing Jennifer. Yeah, I mean, you know, Jennifer, you know, she's one of the, the most gorgeous star, stars in Hollywood, and you know, she's been around a long time and has had such a, a great career. But I think that you know, we really wanted to let people know who Jennifer is be, beyond that Hollywood image, um, and it was a great chance to talk to her just about her life, what makes her happy. She just got married to Justin Theroux last year, and you know, she's 47 but looks at least you know a decade younger. So we'd yeah. love to get some of those tips and how she keeps looking so so young and healthy. So this is her second time actually on the cover. She was first on the cover back in 2004. Oh, wow. You know, and you think about how how she's able to do that and, and how great she looks. And it gives women at that age or even older knowing that, you know what, if I take care of myself, I can look young still. It doesn't mean once I... In my 30s or late 20s, it's over for me in the way that certain magazines portray in certain ways. So she's a great role model for women, for sure. Yeah, I mean, you know, she's just about all about living a healthy life. So, you know, she's very careful about what she eats and she does exercise. But there's also something about having that inner peace. So she really makes sure to connect with her family, connect with her husband, who she calls her best friend. And she said, trying to kind of eliminate all that other noise in the background, because especially when you're someone in Hollywood, there's gossip, there's all this stuff said about you, and you've got to kind of tune that out and really just live your life. Exactly. Live your life, and that's the thing. If you have that inner peace, if you have peace within you, you're going to not age as much. That's the big. That's the age-old secret. In a lot of ways, smile, be happy, yes, and find out things that make you happy. That's huge. Yes, definitely. I mean, you know, and she also said, you know, in terms for her, what beauty means is not just having an inner confidence, but you know, being kind to others. You know, being honest, and it's you know, doing all those kind of things, and it will come out on the outside as well. Of course, you've got to take care of the physical, but you know, you've got to be a general, all-around great human being. Do the best that you can be to be that. And, and that, that's great, and and. The, our our our, our uh, the breeders are going to really see specifically maybe even a different side than Jennifer in certain ways, right? From this, article. yeah, a different side. I mean, you know, everybody wants to know what do these Hollywood folks eat, or you know, you know, how does she unwind? I mean, what is she like fashion-wise? I mean, she said certain things like, you know, she's been wearing more skinny jeans because her husband likes them, even though she doesn't, but he loves how she looks in them. And you know, her and Justin, they work out a lot together. They have that bonding time. So you know, it was great to kind of get behind, you know, that Hollywood facade of who Jennifer Aniston is. And seeing after some of the relationships she's gone through that this is what she wants to be happy and this is what makes her happy, and that's important. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's one of those things that you can't think about what other people have said about you or any failures you've had in your life. You've just got to, you know, just keep going and try and enjoy your life the best that you can. All right, so let's go. Again, this is a special double issue of People Magazine's Most Beautiful and so we can do hashtag most beautiful, and I will make sure I put that out my tw- on my Twitter feed when I send out the link, and it goes out through syndication in the next couple of weeks to keep promoting uh, the magazine. The question I wanted to ask also is what else is going to be in this uh, in this issue? 
Um, I mean, well, generally, it's really all about just, you know, the, it's our double issue, one of our biggest issues of the year. So the majority of the issue is just really concentrating on the beauties that we have. And we have so many. We have, like, new right. faces that we wanted to bring to the forefront, like Priyanka Chopra, who is on the show Quantico and ABC, who posed without makeup. We have several stars who did that, including Susan Sarandon. And they just oh, talk wow. about, you know you know, aging or how they look. And, um, you know, Susan Sarandon said that she thinks that everyone should do whatever they want to do when it comes to, you know, cosmetic procedures, which is, you know, one of the things like stars don't want to talk about that. But, you know, she even admitted to having a little something done under her eye a few years back. So, um, you know, we've got, you know, stars doing that. We've got stars talking about, you know, what's the most beautiful compliment they've ever received. And a lot of it wasn't even just about their physical beauty. It was about what others have said about their children, if they were moms, how well-behaved their children were. Or, you know, Serena Williams was helping a charity in Jamaica a couple months ago, and they talked about that, how happy they were that she was there to help them build a school. And, you know, that was such a beautiful thing for her. So we've got a lot of great different things in the issue. Uh, that's great, and, and and I think that's that's fantastic that you have that, and 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 again to show that women, it's okay for women to not to 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 be the be who they are, and I think that's what's great yeah. about this issue. With the mm-hmm. show Jennifer and how she's laid back, it's not all that we see in certain magazines at times or different things that how women are forced to showing an inner beauty in this in this issue for sure. Yeah, I mean, Jennifer even talked about, you know, when she talks about unwinding, she doesn't talk about going to a Hollywood party or whatever. For her, unwinding is going home, you know, being with her husband, Justin, and their dogs, or having her girlfriends come over, you know, and just lounging on the couch, or having a Taco Tuesday, you know. So, you know, things like that. It's just about doing what regular folk do and to be happy. So, you know, that's great, too. And that's great, and that's and that and that's that's the fantastic fun thing about it for sure, is uh, or to do that. So where's the best place again? People can go to to uh, find out more about the magazine. The covers on the website right now, and uh, people can check so, all those so much out. Where they content on the website. We've got lots of videos behind the scenes at a lot of our shoots, and um, you know, including behind the scenes at the Jennifer Aniston cover shoot. The magazine itself will be on newsstands everywhere on Friday, but you know, people can go to people.com right now and get lots of extra stuff as well. So we'll be everywhere. Well, fantastic. Uh, thanks. And we can follow you also on Twitter. Where can we follow you? We can follow people at... I'm actually... My Twitter name is Diamond Tennis. Yep. I went and already followed you on Twitter, and my other account will follow you as well and tweet out every time we, the uh, our interview airs. So thanks for coming on and uh, giving us this insight. And it's great to see Jennifer Anderson and other women in People Magazine showing that there's an inner beauty, there's a special thing that keeps them from not aging, and it's not just these goofy Hollywood secrets that people think. It's just basically being natural and being out there and being peaceful in so many ways. So uh, thanks again for calling, Angela. Exactly. Yes, definitely. I appreciate you having, um, coming on the show. Take care. Thank you. Thanks. Okay, bye-bye. You're welcome. Bye-bye. You're listening to Total Celebrity Show, and we'll be back in just a moment. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Author's Corner. I'm the host of the show, Neil Haley. You can go to my website at 
NeilHaley.com for more information. Twitter, Toll Tutor, Neil S. Haley, Facebook. LinkedIn, Neil Haley, Instagram, Toll Tutor. Pinterest, Neil Haley, Google Plus, also on Periscope, at Toll Tutor. And I'm excited to welcome the program, New York Times bestselling author, author of the Kardashian Dynasty, Ian Halperin. Ian, thanks for calling. How are you? Uh, very good, Neil. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be on your show today. Oh, Ian, I tell you, I have been reading up on what the book is about, and uh, it, it, it's, a, it's pretty controversial, isn't it, uh, what you're going to write, what you wrote about the Kardashians? Yeah, I didn't want to do some sugar-coated version, Neil, because we've all seen that in the media for years. And uh, what fascinated me about this book is how ubiquitous the Kardashians are. They're in 154 countries uh, in yeah. syndication. They have all kinds of offshoots. They're all kinds of cosmetic lines, endorsement deals. And I really wanted to explore what turns the wheels on this brand to make it such a worldwide uh, uh, powerhouse. Yeah, it did, definitely. And in some of the points that you have in your book, let's go right to the first one that, you know, is starting to get back in the news, and that involves the uh, O.J. Simpson trial and the Kardashian family's uh, intimate involvement in this O.J. Simpson trial. So what did you kind of discuss in, in the book about that? Yeah, that was good for me because I specialize in true crime investigations. I've written about true crime uh, several times in the past. I've had several New York Times bestsellers on true crime. So I obtained a lot of uh, never-before-revealed documents uh, regarding uh, O.J., uh, Bob Kardashian, and uh, there's, it was just explosive. Uh, I say in the book that uh, Bob Kardashian, he possibly uh, concealed a lot of key evidence in the case that would have led to O.J.'s uh, being convicted, and uh, also just about the relationship between O.J. and and uh, Bob Kardashian, Nicole Brown, Simpson, and Kris Jenner were best friends. And I reveal exclusively yeah. in the book that O.J. and Kris Jenner, I mean, they were closer than most people thought. And there's allegations even that Khloe uh, Kardashian uh, is not the biological daughter of Bob Kardashian, and the father might be O.J. At first, I was extremely skeptical about that one. But... I give some explosive, explosive, explosive new information in the book that uh, really leads to the possibility. Oh my gosh! And you could just tell that she looks different in in, in certain ways, and, and everyone kind of looks alike when you yep. grow up in a family like that. It happens. So no, yeah, exactly. that, that's really yeah, and, that's going to really get the, them going. And the I'm going to tell you right now, good. The smoking gun there for me, Neil, was uh, at first I was extremely skeptical, and then I dug up a photo of Chloe when she was young and OJ's daughter, Sydney, when she was young, they look like dead ringers. They look like twins. Oh my gosh. And that, well, that was incredible. And one of the things that you expose in, in the book is especially how, how the Kardashians really made their, the prow, the prowess where everyone wanted to, the reality show grew because of what happened with the sex tape, uh, involving, uh, Kim Tell us specifically about yeah. that and your undercover on that. Yes. Um, I specialize in undercover investigations. So, you know, in the past I actually had a relationship with Vivid. I interviewed uh, the CEO, Steve Hirsch, in my film about Charlie Sheen that I directed in 2011. And 
So it wasn't that difficult to infiltrate Vivid, but this time I went undercover as a porn peddler, allegedly uh, selling a sex tape because I wanted to find out how it really works. And along the way, what I found out, Neil, was frightening. Uh, I got key information and corroboration that for Kim Kardashian sex tape with Ray J, the person who brokered the deal was none other than her own mother, the momager, Kris Jenner. And to oh. me, that, was, that, that made me fall off my chair. That's just, I mean, to think about that in a way that she, how she, how Kris Jenner has exploited her children just for her own personal financial gain is really sad in certain ways. I mean, they're looking at the business manager side of her and everything. I'm sure yes. you covered that in the book for sure. Yeah, it's unparalleled. We've never seen a mother uh, want to exploit her children so much. I know myself as a parent, if my daughter would need extra money or I'd need extra money, I'd drive Uber 24-7. I'd, I'd, I'd sweep the floors at Taco Bell. But there's no yeah. way I'm going to peddle a sex tape of my daughter. Uh, you know, Chris Jenner, she's insatiable. She's ruthless. Uh, to me, she makes uh, the greats in the business, like Colonel Tom Parker, who ma- managed Elvis Presley, Brian Epstein, the Beatles. She makes them look like amateurs. She is probably the best impresario we've ever seen in this business. It seems like it, uh, for sure. And then let's hear about the reality be- behind keeping up with the Kardashians. I'm not going to get to everything that's in this <laughs> book, but I try to grab a couple, and eight minutes is not enough time with Ian sure. Alperin, for sure, about the Kardashian <laughs> dynasty. But when I saw that, I said, this is one celebrity that I have not interviewed yet, any of the Kardashians, and I'm not, I'm not, I don't feel upset about that at all. So let's <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> um, you know, let's face it. In Hollywood, you have to go through pain for gain. I, I was friends with Michael Jackson, Princess Diana, Elizabeth Taylor. Um, Ava Gardner was a friend of mine, and I covered her the last two years of her life. There's no way in a million years these people would ever shun their fans. Like two weeks ago, the youngest uh, daughter, Kylie Jenner, she brushed off a fan and said, get your hands off me. Well, Michael Jackson, Ava Gardner, Princess Diana, none of these people, Elizabeth Taylor, they would never do that in a million years, alienate, denigrate, or make their fans feel inferior. And in this case, none of it's even reality. These people, they haven't gone to Tish. They haven't gone to Lee Strasberg. They haven't gone to Juilliard. They haven't gone for pain for gain to hone their craft. They just appear because of a sex state, propelled to superstardom, and... The most frightening thing of all, most of it's scripted. It's not even a reality show. It's all scripted. Yep. yep. And it's sad to see the youngest proud of what's happening with them as well, meaning you saw the older ones from a, a different marriage. Now you see the youngest yes. and how they're exploited completely. And it's just, it's getting this whole thing. Things that we didn't get to cover in our short interview, Ian, is, again, you're going to be talking about specifically Kim and Kanye, which we hear about every second, but I'm sure you have really interesting things on that. The whole situation about Bruce Jenner becoming Caitlyn and many more things, the Kardashian dynasty. Last question. Are you connected to, have you interviewed, you've interviewed the Kardashians before. What are they going to respond? How are they going to respond to your book? That's the last question I have for you. Well, the book's fair. I mean, really, uh, it was just called in the LA Weekly, a masterpiece of pop culture journalism. It's not some sensational, in-touch type uh, deal, you know. So I really get deep into it. And the Kardashians, look, you know, 
they love publicity, but the fact is, I stand by everything in the book, and uh, I, I don't back down. You know, I've taken on the Church of Scientology before. Uh, I've written about the top people in Hollywood. So I, I'm not playing around. I'm just not making some sensational claims. I have a lot of corroboration. The book came out a couple of days ago. From what I understand, it's flying off the shelves. It's available on Amazon.com, so if anybody's interested in this topic, I advise them to get a copy soon because there's not going to be many. There might not be copies next week on Amazon left because uh, the first printing will sell out. So, you know, I'm not. Look, I just try to be fair and disseminate the information as best as I can to the public and do my job. Uh, I have nothing against the Kardashians, but they certainly can't accuse me of not being fair. All right. Well, that's great. We pick up everything. We're, can we follow you and find information on you, Ian, as well? Where are the best places to follow you? Yeah, I'm, I'm, on, Twitter. Yeah. I'm yeah. on Twitter at Ian Undercover on the Twitter, at Ian Undercover. And thank you so much, Neil. I'm a fan. You have an amazing show, and uh, it really has been an honor to guest on your show today. Well, thanks. i definitely have you back next book you write, so just keep me in mind, okay? But, thanks so much. Okay. All right, take care. Okay, bye-bye. You're listening to Author's Corner, and we'll be back in just a moment. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.